Hello, hello and welcome to another episode of Putting It Together. My name is Brian O'Sullivan. Welcome to the podcast. It's the podcast of Creative Conversations and this week my guest is Laurie Scott, the uh, English sounding but pretty much Scottish actor who uh, I met when I first worked at Dundee Rep and since doing the graduate scheme there he has worked and worked and he's been kept very busy. Uh, Terrific guy, a great laugh and a very talented boy as well. So great to have a wee chat and uh, have a few laughs. I mean I've not really seen Laurie for a long time so in a sense it was us just catching up I hope you don't mind Um, and you get to listen in and we talk a bit about you know work and all the usual things as well I mean people like us that's what we like to talk about anyway so even if we were just not recording it we would probably end up having the same conversation so I hope you're doing well this week Um, it feels wintry out there which I'm quite enjoying those of you who know the truth will know that I am a bit of a scarf uh, fan. <laughs> I've probably got too many scarves. Um, so I'm glad that it's time that uh, they're getting uh, use at last. I like this time of year. Um, I like it a bit darker outside. I like it a bit chillier. Just, yeah, it just suits me better. Uh, I like the sun and I like to go to places where it's hot and um, sunny. But when it's warm here, it's just, unless it's sunny and I'm off work, it's really not much use. So it's nice, it's nice, it's chilly and I feel like it's a good good time of year. We're getting into Christmas show territory, you know that's my favourite thing. Uh, so yeah, I'm heading to Edinburgh to make a start on that soon. Um, just just after I speak to you actually, I'll go and get, get settled in. So yeah, things are looking up over this end of town. I hope you have, have a similar experience or whatever you're feeling, you're coping with it. Um... Yes, I'm delighted to bring this episode with Laurie. It's freshly recorded just moments ago, really. Um, and yeah, it's good to chat to somebody who's who's not been uh, graduated for all that long, but's had a, a really vast experience so far. Um, and is also a lover of of theatre, like a real theatre head, you know, an obsessive, a bit like me. Um, that's a cool conversation to have. So yes... What else can I tell you about? Um, I've spent the day tidying and and sorting out the house because I'm leaving to go to Edinburgh to start rehearsing. So I'm kind of, you know that way, I don't want to come home to mess. So I've been kind of trying to organise everything and then it's what do you bring with you and all that lark. And looking at the script as well, which is delightful. Um, Getting the old highlighter out and um, having to be trying to imagine how it'll all be and stuff like that. So it's all exciting. Um, it's a job that I'm really looking forward to and a lot of good people in it and people that I know a little bit and some people that I know not so well and I'm looking forward to meeting them and all that stuff and uh, I have the joy of staying five minutes from the door of the theatre um, as of tonight so um, my commute is reduced greatly. Um, I mean I could literally stay in bed till half nine and still make it to rehearsal at ten fully you know washed dressed a lot uh, which has happened so yes, uh, I have really nothing but good news this week, and um, yeah, I'm glad to be kind of going going on to do a, a job that's sort of, um, well, that's not so much bits and bobs, because I've been doing lots of freelancy small bits and bobs recently, and, and they're all great, but um, the kind of management of that can be quite tiring, so it'd be nice to be in a company, and also you get you get sort of told where you need to be and when and we're looking out for each other and we're just all focused on doing this one thing, this one big thing for this stretch of time. I really like that. Um, 
I wouldn't want it all the time. That's why I like the the mix. Um, so no more Irish dance music until January. Um, but those those bookings are starting to pile up, so that's nice. Next year's already got its got its jeldy uh, on, I suppose you could say. So I I I I that's about the size of it for me. Um, so I'm I'm going to bring you now the interview with Laurie right after I just tell you that this week at the Oranmore Play Pie and a Pint you'll find. A Walk in the Park. That's by Dave Anderson. It's a returning play by Dave Anderson. Guaranteed to be great. Directed by his son, Davey Anderson. So it's a a great team again, just like when we did Turn and Nog. And it stars Dave Anderson and Helen McAlpine. So you can imagine that's going to be good. Um, And that opens, or uh, that's already opened. Uh, So it's on this week now until Saturday the 26th of October, every day at 1pm. And of course, in the price of your ticket is included a pie and a drink of your choice. So what's not to love? Get on down and see one of Dave Anderson's classic uh, pieces because he does, he does have a knack, doesn't he? For getting to the heart of it, which I do love. Um, And to see him perform his own work is always a real joy. So that's good. I don't think I'll get a chance to see it because of my uh, rehearsal commitments, unless maybe Saturday if I'm home. Um, So you can go in my place, please. So that is about all from me. Just time to bring you my guest of the week. It's Laurie Scott, and he's with me, and we are, of course, putting it together. I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> um, this is how a lot of my stories start. Yeah, yeah. I'm an ASMR man. Are you really? I am so into it, it's unreal. Really? And if I was to come in close now. <laughs> so you must tell me. You I must don't explain do it. To I don't me. do it. I no. just I, I consume it. Right. And is it to sleep or relax? Sometimes it's to sleep. Uh-huh. It's always in bed. Yeah. Um <laughs> And um, this is the thing. That's the myth. Or, is f- it a myth? What that it's that it's related to sex? What apparently, it, like it seems it to fires be fires similar areas of the brain, right? Okay, and is a sort of orgasmic feeling, right? So they say. Oh. Um, but people but, talk about it being just relaxing. Yeah, mostly it's just a chill. And... It's just it's just the only way I know of to to have instant guaranteed chill. Wow. How did you find that out, though? Honestly, no idea. I think I was scrolling the the the, the dark depths of YouTube one day, yeah. as you do, and um, it just happened. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. And honestly, honestly, a big, big fan. It's a uh, massive thing now, isn't it? It's huge now. And I was, do you know what, Brian? I was in there. I was in there when, before it was cool. Oh, you were in there early. <laughs> Do you know all the famous names and all? Listen, that? I've been I've been with them for quite a while. Um, <laughs> I knew him before he was even big. Oh, we've please. done stuff before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I heard a, a podcast about it, a woman who had started doing it, and then she she makes a living off it. Like, uh, yeah, because they've got some of them have got millions of subscribers and stuff. Yeah. Like, it is wild. But but you either get it and love it, or you think it's the weirdest, most slightly perverted exactly. thing ever because it's someone whispering. Or eating directly into your brain. Oh, eating? Do you oh, do? So there's some eating stuff, man. That's that's the opposite of what I would like because I think I've got a touch of misophonia. Okay, so you really would not. No. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not that much into the the eating bit. Some people must be. They are. They love it. Yeah. Get eat me an apple on mic and I'm yours. An <laughs> <laughs> I'm more into just the gentleness of the right. And I didn't think this is where this chat would go, but <laughs> neither did I. Um, <laughs> 
it's the um, the stuff I really like is the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for the um, oh like accidental ASMR. Oh, okay, yeah. So stuff that just isn't ASMR, like radio or something. Yeah, that just but to has have the that. effect. Someone who's just got the right voice. Yes, yeah. Well, or... I must say I enjoyed that. I mean, I was at a play reading the other night and. There was an actor in it playing um, playing the voice of the building that the whole uh-huh. thing took place in. And she had the most amazing voice. And I just I felt like when, when someone's got a great voice, I feel like I could just listen to them oh, all day. It's no matter like what they say. Ian McKellen yeah. is a great example. Perfect, yeah. What's Stephen Fry? Stephen. Tremendous. <laughs> I know you're a Stephen Fry fan. I am yeah. the Fry dog. Um, <laughs> no, I'm well, obviously. <laughs> yeah, we go it? back. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am, I am. Yeah, good voices are a good thing. Oh, they are. Um, yeah, I did not expect to start there. Well, there you go. But you that's know, okay. that's, that's the magic of of the arts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you been since, since a young age? I feel like you were one of those kids that was always on. <laughs> am I, would that be right? I don't. That? I, you wouldn't be wrong. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Tell me more about that. Uh, well, yeah, you know, the usual, like, the usual, the usual show off. Yeah. Class clown, um, yeah, just you know the unbearable guy. <laughs> unbearable. Who, I've who, heard people call you that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's what used to be my uh, my equity name. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Class clown, love the drama, the youth theatre, mm-hmm. um, and then when I wasn't doing youth theatre and drama, I was. You'll like this actually. I was making my own radio shows oh me too oh man tell me about it literally me in my bedroom with a tape recorder yeah chatting absolute bollocks and playing music like actual yeah. songs i was a dj is what i'm saying yes from a young age a disc jockey yeah an early point, yeah. <laughs> so what did you play the music from another tape deck absolutely absolutely so i had the cd player oh okay the boom box yeah yeah and the uh, the tape recorder Brilliant. Running side by side, and I, I gave, I gave tips on um, East Yorkshire's top tourist attractions. <laughs> I uh, was big into my twitching as a young man. Twitching, as in um, love of birds. Oh, I see. Bird I see. watching. Oh. <laughs> oh, twitching, of course. Yeah. So, um, so you talked about that. I talked about birds quite a lot, <laughs> which um, is actually something I did basically only as a young man. <laughs> so no more. I've I've lost interest. I'll be honest in in, in the birds. In the birds. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, they have their place and they're a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But I don't I don't anymore sit at the kitchen window and tick off how many um, how many long tailed tits I've seen that day. Wow! Or, or you know, house sparrows. It amazes me that 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 is a thing, though. I'm I, always fascinated when people are really interested in a very specific. I honestly thing. loved it. Honestly, right. birds and cricket, man. What? How birds English? And cricket. If I could sound any more uncool, yeah, um, I think we could go down that rabbit hole. No, no, I think you're. I think you've done it. Your own radio show discussing birds and cricket. Did you ever have other people on it? Uh, well, you know, my dad. He would pop up. Yeah. And I'd I'd ask him. You know, I'd talk to him about uh, what it was like being um, a fisherman. He's a fisherman. Uh, well, he was a university lecturer. Mm-hmm. Um, but a keen fisherman, you know, that was his, that was his real, real, yeah. uh, that's his real passion. 
and then it came full circle one day when he um, when he sacked off the old uh, academic life to become a fisherman, oh, wow. full time lobstering. Cool. Um, up in you know St Andrews. So you were brought up in Yorkshire, and, and then at that point is when you moved to St Andrews. Yeah, yeah, East yeah. East Yorkshire. Which uh, part? It's called Pocklington. That's right, because I used to spend a lot of time in Beverly. Really? Yes, I think we may have had this conversation I years ago. I think we definitely did. I know, I've been in Pocklington, yeah. Really? You know, that's I always love, that always really excites me, because no one ever has. Yeah. And uh, But Beverly is where I was born. You were born in Beverly? In Beverly. It's a great place. It is a lovely place. Smashing place. My parents are actually literally about to go full circle and move back very close to Beverly. Really? Wow. Which is quite exciting. Um but yeah, East Yorkshire, and then um, and then a little bit of a little bit of the uh, west coast of America, All right. in the middle, and then up here, up north. <laughs> Which part of America were you in? California. Oh, I lived right. in for a bit as a younger man. Didn't know that. Again, Big Tim's academic life took us over there. Yeah. Were you bird watching there? Uh, oh, I oh, tell you what, is yeah, there, is a, there a better place for it? Yeah. I mean. And the radio shows did they did they go they, transatlantic? They continued. Yeah, yeah, we did. We 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 cracked the American market. <laughs> um, when I say we, I mean me yeah. and all my all my listeners. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did you do characters as well? Because I, I I did. I right. I was the 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 man who read the news was not the man you hear now. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, because I had a guy for that. Yes, yes, yes. How did he? <laughs> can you remember? I have absolutely no idea. To be honest, but the tapes still exist. Brilliant. They still exist. I've still got a few somewhere. I did guests, but they were being interviewed by me. Fantastic. So I would do it actually like, so how's, so you it, played the how's guest. it going? And then I would change That's voices. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, no, honestly. And then, uh, yeah, and then Scotland from 11 onwards. From 11, okay. East Nuke, mate. Do you feel Scottish? I... Do you know, it's hard to say. I feel... I feel... Uh, I feel English, but I guess the affinity is is closer to Scotland because mm-hmm. essentially all of my formative years have been spent yeah. here. And like in terms of acting, for example, I would, I would, I would call myself a Scottish actor. If yeah, you like yeah, of course. Yeah, like yeah. in terms of in terms of how I see myself and, and and where I want to be and what I want to do, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, I'm a Scottish actor because that's 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 the, the world I'm most passionate about sure, yeah. and most into. So so I feel both. I feel both, but they're kind of like, they're kind of one and the same to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like a little weird gear shift in my, in my life or if in, in a show or something in the voice <laughs> yeah because you've just, not acted a great deal in your own accent almost never uh-huh. almost never one or two in fact maybe only one professional show in mm-hmm. my own voice which um i really did not like <laughs> what was that I, I, I loved the show right but it was that. it was um it was edward the second oh yeah and um but i found it super vulnerable because yeah. I'd forgotten what it was like to hear myself acting in my own voice, and you know how everyone hates their own voice. I was like, mm. "Oh my god, I'm, I'm a dreadful actor," <laughs> because I didn't have an accent to hide behind. We do have the the, the accent and the acting kind of muddled. I think ah, uh, they're easily intertwined. Yeah, right? and you say, oh, yeah. yeah, if I'm doing an accent, then I'm acting. Absolutely, <laughs> people, absolutely. It's easy to be fooled. Yeah, yeah. And you can hear when you hear yourself deliver a line. I do anyway in my own voice. I'm like. My God, you sound contrived. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's not real. I think it's much harder. 
I really, to be I, honest. I feel like it is as well. And I guess maybe the opposite to loads of people, I'd much rather be doing an accent, mm. feel more comfortable. I love an accent. Yeah. So as long as I feel like I can actually do it, or even better, someone else tells me I can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the, the dreadful worry is that you're doing it and secretly everyone's like, you can't do that accent, but you honestly, think you can. Honestly, the most terrifying day of my life, day one in the big scary world out of drama school, which was um, read through at the rep mm. as a Northern Irishman with the Northern Irish writer, John McCann, big up, oh in the room. Yep. And you know how they do things at the rep where basically the whole building comes to the read through. Right. I was like, as soon as I open my voice here, that might that might be career over. <laughs> Before it's even begun. <laughs> I was like, that's the scariest thing I ever did. Wow. Because that's a pretty intimidating accent as well. Yeah. And um So that was the first thing you did after graduation. That was it. That was it. It was the Tremendous. the old the old rep graduate scheme. The whole year. The whole year. Yeah. As it was in those days, two people, whole year. Yeah. And um that's where that's where we uh, that's we met, met. Bride dog. Uh, <laughs> good times, man. Good times, good times. And that was the one. That was the first one. Spoiling John McCann. Spoiling you. Yeah. Um, Northern Irish political aide and best pal, Becca Lumsden as the young Scottish politician. Yep, yep, yep. The community tour. Oh, that oh, was the community tour. So you tour. started with started that with and commu- ended with started that. with a two-hander community tour. Wow! And then, which is like two graduates, we were like, "Oh my god, what are we doing?" It's a bold choice, isn't bold it? Bold choice. Yeah. That's, That's credit the to Joe Douglas there, yeah. like top top man. And then, yeah, we ended it with the community tour with something that could not have been any more different. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> there was still politics rise. involved. That's true. They were very different politics. <laughs> god, yeah. There's a couple of like when you search my name on. Google, you know, someone's Google my name and they've said the first thing that comes up is a picture of you dressed as Hitler. Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) It's there. Well, it's not getting away from that. Do you know what? It's a conversation starter. It's something. Pop my name into Google. (laughs) You are saluting for all your worth. Oh, God. It was an amazing time, though. It was a great time. It was a great time. I really really enjoyed that. That was loads of fun. Also, being in Dundee in kind of the summer months is a joy. Oh, just being there in general i mean it's a great place it's a great place the theater is my i feel like is my not to get too fucking gushy or whatever spiritual home if you Mm. like Mm -hmm. like because i because i grew up in the east nuke it was my local theater so i was already a big like dundee rep advocate so you were going there from age going there from age yeah 12 11 12 onwards like with my parents to see shows and stuff what did you see Man, I saw um, I saw a couple of musicals. I think I saw Sunshine and Leith. Yeah, I think I saw um, possibly even Cabaret. They oh, did. Yeah. They did an amazing Cabaret, and I can't remember if that's the show I'm thinking of now, or ever. But my young theatre years have all sort of blurred away, and things that I saw. But I, also, I remember distinctly seeing, obviously not a rep show, but Let the Right One In. Oh, right. I saw there and being like, oh, that's cool theatre. Wow. Um, and was that the NTS production? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And that was really cool. And just, and um, oh, loads, of, loads of plays, all of which, of course, I can't remember now. But great, honestly, I was like, wow, Dundee's cool. And these actors, yeah. even then I knew, oh, these actors do this full time. You had an understanding they of that? They work here. Okay, that's cool, isn't it? A lot of kids don't 
you know, mm. people that I've had on the show say that they didn't, as a youngster, really get that. No, I think because I was at school around the area and we had a drama, you know, we had a, we had drama, mm-hmm. which is pretty, like, unique. Yeah. Not many schools do still. So I'd heard all about it. And, like, if we were going on a school trip, you were going to the rep, basically, to see a show. So we learned all about, like, how the fact that there was an ensemble and... So they worked there. That was their job. Mm. And they were in everything. I was like, <laughs> sick. That fascinated <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah. And so then when the opportunity came straight out of drama school, I was like, oh, sweet. Like Perfect. It was a no-brainer. Yeah, of it course. It was a no-brainer. But did you have a sense back then, you know, when you were going there as a kid, that, that something that you would aspire to do? Yeah, definitely. Right. I mean, I had basically two huge passions, and it was drama and <laughs> cricket yeah and uh, both were totally uh irrational and unlikely <laughs> yeah but i can tell you what i was never going to be a professional cricketer <laughs> so by so, process of elimination exactly and then the process of elimination went a bit further to end well, i'm never gonna be an actor um and so i was gonna be a lawyer really but um i was gonna say thank god that never happened but then financially it'd be quite good <laughs> it's still good <laughs> but it's not yeah, too late that's <laughs> true it's not it's never too late never too late um yeah that was it so what's what i wanted to do but I, honestly it was not even a real it was not even like a a rational desire it was like how okay. cool would that be all oh, right so you didn't think it could really i didn't honestly happen. didn't think it could happen i didn't think it could happen uh until i was at the audition and I, at the conservatoire basically mm-hmm. and even then i was there mostly because someone had told me i, I had to do it and I was like, yeah, but all right, well, yeah. What, a drama would, teacher? Yeah, said, yeah. On you go. Yeah, I was like, oh. yeah, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? But yeah. realistically, so that's why I had the old backup, you know, was going to Aberdeen, was going to do law, that was all sorted. Was it? Not a problem. Um, what did I, you do for the audition? <laughs> so I basically, so I left, when I was finishing off, I decided to take a gap year because I wanted to travel and basically didn't know what I was going to do because mm. I didn't really want to do law, but yeah. I thought it was a good job. My granddad was a judge, and my grandma was like, I'd love it if someone else did the law. And I was like, okay, that'd be cool. Mostly because watching lawyers on TV was cool. Yeah. So really, you want to be an actor, of course. I want to be an actor playing a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. um, so I decided to take Gap Diego to do some traveling because I didn't know what was going to happen. So during that year, I applied to the conservatoire okay. because my drama teacher, who I love, Patricia Esler, Madras College, big up, she was an absolute goddess uh we're pals to this day me and trish she comes to see essentially every show i'm in if it's wow. if it's possible nice. and i honestly never would have gone if it wasn't for her so it sounds like a cliche but it is true mm. and she said you gotta you gotta try and go it'd be a good experience for you and i was like and she was like you know it'd be a good experience for when you audition again or whatever and, you know of course everyone tells you you're not going to get in so go try okay. it out yeah. and then think about it for the next year and you'll be more experienced and I was like, what, 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 what will I do for the audition? And I was in, I was in Vietnam, <laughs> which weirdly full circle is exactly how my most recent job happened as well. I was in Vietnam and the email came through going, your audition is on such and such day. Mm. And it was like three weeks away. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh shit. And when were I'm you coming up back? Up a mountain in Vietnam. I was coming back, you know, soon after. Right. It wasn't full on panic, but because I was completely immature and had kind of forgotten that like, the whole thing was even a, a thing yeah i didn't know what i was doing so i had to text my drama teacher and be like what should i do 
for this audition, basically. And she's like, well, I recently saw Jerusalem and thought it was unbelievable. Mm. And you should do a bit that Ginger does in Jerusalem. Okay. And I thought, because you're a funny guy, apparently. And because I always did comedy. That was it. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And then I, for for the same reason as the fact that I always did comedy, I was like... I'm going to do Coriolanus, because that's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I was determined to be not funny, because I hated the fact that everyone only thought I could be funny on stage. Sure. So I thought, I'll do Coriolanus, because I thought it was awesome. Mm -hmm. And I'd seen the Ray Fiennes Coriolanus film and thought, he's class. Yeah. That's a great play. I'd read it. It's still my favourite Shakespeare to this day. Okay. I did Coriolanus. Smashing. So that's what I did for the old audition. What about accents? Uh, I did... No accent for Coriolanus did me, and then hammed up my northernness mm-hmm. basically for for Jerusalem. Okay, because I didn't know any better. I didn't know where these characters were actually from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just I was so naive. It was unbelievable how naive I was going to that audition. That's common, I think. I though, think isn't it? I hope. Well, I hope so, and it really stood me in good stead. I lo- being naive was actually the best thing that could have happened mm. because. I did not even cross my mind to say all the things that maybe they wanted to hear. Mm. I just chat shit. Yeah. So you're yourself. Yeah. Didn't talk about, didn't even mention theatre. <laughs> Honestly, sat there in the whole, you know, that you do the interview bit or whatever yeah, yeah. after you've done the first round. Because in those days, it was just the whole rounds in one day still, mm-hmm. which has since recently changed. Oh, they changed it. And in the little interviewy bit, all we talked about was the fact that I'd just been traveling and had done a bit of volunteering and I loved cricket <laughs> and uh, I didn't I came out thinking I never once said how much I like theater mm. or that I'd like to be an actor and then I was like oh you you tit but they take that as red don't exactly they, I realized so, shortly afterwards oh, of course I do I'm auditioning for drama school and you've worked on your Coriolanus speech yeah, and all the they rest don't of it. need to hear that yeah, okay <laughs> um so I think it probably did help because I was so naive, I just sat there and, yeah, just chat shit and and. But they probably um, said, "Here's a here's a pretty well-rounded guy for his age. He's been travelling a bit. He's got other interests." I I would hope so, and I, also I think that it was crucial as well because I had something to talk about. Yeah, and I had some life experience. I always am amazed by people who literally go like I, I was all, obviously almost almost directly out of school, but the people who literally go directly out of school mm. with no time in between, I'm like, wow, you've. You know, you've not got a wealth of otherworldly mm. experience necessarily because you've gone through school, yeah, to university, and so loads of people do it. play, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Mad, but ah, and it's different for everybody, isn't it? It is, yeah, it is. If you can smash it, then, then. But yeah. I think having a bit of experience and having done some stuff and had some fun and some stories to tell yeah, and seeing other bits of the world and realising that actually if I couldn't act, I would probably just travel forever somehow. <laughs> um, that was it. That was what it was all like. Okay, and, so you had a sense that the world was a bigger place. And... Yeah, and, that's, and now if I'm not acting or whatever, if money allows, all I do is try and travel. You just and, go somewhere? Yeah. Where do you go? Well, I literally was in Vietnam again very recently. Oh, yeah, right. And the similar thing happened again. And the last show I just did, Square Go, yeah. I that happened while I was in Vietnam and I did the the most ridiculous 
the classic self tape from from the hotel room. Oh, nice. Um, you need to go to Vietnam more often. It I sounds do. Like you know what? That is well. what it is. <laughs> if I had a, if I have a bit of a slow period, I might just go just, back to the Far East. Yeah, why not? Um, <laughs> and yeah, so that was that. That was that, and that happened in Vietnam. And I was like, well, that was the worst self tape I've ever done. Sweating in a hotel room that didn't really have Wi-Fi. Yeah. And um, occasional person knocking on the door and like traffic outside on the balcony and my mate reading in doing like his his funniest his funniest scottish accents because oh he doesn't realize that actually you have to try and take that seriously yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> and um and yes that was a definite no and then what do you know vietnam yeah. came good again <laughs> so i came back from vietnam and just did that and that's, so class. that's where i was most recently yeah so you just finished that tour huh? La- this week right yeah, okay last weekend was it mostly England? All of England, yeah, right. the south of England, okay. around London, and like places like uh, Brighton and mm. Canterbury, Oxford. Nice. All really nice places, all places I've never been to. And then finishing off in London um, on the Saturday just past. And Whereabouts in London? It was at the Arts Depot in Finchley, ah, which nice. is an awesome venue. It's kind of like a mini Barbican. It, there's like so much inside. Cool. And it's a bit of a maze and it's just really, really cool. And we had a great crowd and like it was the big family and friends one kind of thing and mm-hmm. and a really great crowd and it was a real barnstormer of a of a show and it went down like with a with a bang. And Sweet. it was like our favourite one and we came off like being like, We just we just did the best one and it was the last one that was in London. How great is that? That's nice. And you know, so it was yeah, it was sick. So did it go over well in in England? It really did. And it's that, a very Scottish piece, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the most Scottish thing I've ever done, yeah. sure. And um, and yeah, it really did. That came as a shock to everyone. We first, Our first show, which I think was in Maidenhead, we were, we were about to go out. And because, you know, it's just the two guys on stage. And once yep. you're on, you're on. And you're like exposed and they're right there yeah. in the round, you know. And we were like, if they don't get this or this is not funny to them, this is going to be like the hardest thing we've ever done it's a long time out there and just and it's exhausting as well and then we went out and we really didn't know what to expect maidenhead we were were like are they gonna be pensioners are they gonna be are they gonna understand us are they gonna hate the swearing are they gonna get the accents like and they just loved it from the very first moment and i could hear as ewan went out and they went wild i was like oh thank god (laughs) (laughs) yes and obviously i had faith in like the play being awesome Mm. like i'd read it i'd never seen it which mm-hmm. was a real help, actually, having never seen it. But I'd read it, I was like, this is great. And, and like, Gary and Kieran, like, I vaguely knew Gary. And I was like, this, you know, it's obviously brilliant it's text. Class. It's so funny. <laughs> I just hope they like it. Yeah. And they did. And they liked it everywhere. Even just the old Blue Rinse audiences that we got in, in little towns. Mm-hmm. They were so, having it as well. Having, absolutely That's having great. it. So it was, it was a great thing. And... Yeah, I just really hope I hope we do it again, or I hope someone does it again. I hope it goes round Scotland. I'd say there'd be basically. more life in that play yeah, for sure. Everyone's yeah. passionate, and so yeah. And before that, was it this summer you did Edward the Second? That was last summer. Gosh, I time did. Goes, it, it does flies by. It was Edward the Second and um, Anthony and Cleopatra. Oh, you did that as well. Both of which I did with um, the legend that is Andy Clark. Oh, Andy Clark was in this house last night. Was he? Yes. Fantastic. Trying to convince him to come on the show. Oh, he should. He should. He's a brilliant actor. He's a brilliant actor and a top-notch guy. He is, isn't he? And uh, 
that was really exciting because we had done we had done standby together as well. Oh, so you did, yeah. Um, Another great play, a, Jeez, a yeah. great play, yeah. and great people: Adam and Jamie and Andy Clark and Joe Douglas again. Yeah, yeah. and um, and me and Andy, we got on really well, and he was a freaking great guy. Yeah, I was like, wow, he, and I was still in that slightly green place as a as a professional, being like, oh my god, he's so he's such a good actor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I then, still have that. Oh, all the time. Seeing people, I'm like, wow, you're like a real actor. Absolutely, because <laughs> I know, still just feel good. like I'm chancing it, basically. Yeah, I think we all do. Oh, absolutely. And then, so then when that happened, and Andy messaged me being like, mate, I've just been asked to do it. I was like, oh my God, we're going to have the best time. Yes. And we always hate each other in every show we do, right. <laughs> character-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, great times with Andy Clark. And I'm, doing, I'm doing Christmas show with Ewan. You and Donald. So oh. I was like, when that came through, I was like, yes! Oh, and you know, I it's would... It's great to have oh, a power, isn't it? That would be... Yeah, because I was knocking about that show for a little bit, and and then I heard Ewan was in it, and I was like, oh, dreamy. Like, yes, please. You... Big drafto. Ah. Do you remember when I gave him that nickname? <laughs> yes. He, um, what was it now? He was in my car, and he opened the window. <laughs> he said, do you mind if I open the window and let a draft in? And I said, I drafto. And then I decided... <laughs> I wanted to see how annoying it would get if I just called him Drafto. Mm. Because it was based on nothing. So then I think we were in tech that week and I just went in the next day. I was like, oh, Drafto! Hey, Drafto, man. And that was it for like four <laughs> weeks. He's like, you stop calling me Drafto? Like, why are you? <laughs> I like to sort of needle people a wee Absolutely. bit. Well, you see got what to. gets them. You got to. I mean, yeah. you know what they say. There's a bell end in every cast. And if you don't know who it is. It's <laughs> you. Uh, <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. And that was back. a real delight, because usually it's me. Ah, so you were glad when I came on the scene, you were like, oh, uh, take the off me. <laughs> Comedy Hitler. Um, oh, man. You and Donald. I mean, we shouldn't we shouldn't even get talking about him too much, because I'm too passionate. Yeah, we'll just, we'll just do the you and Donald special. He's a, oh, <laughs> a favourite, a real favourite. Uh, yeah, just a great, a great person to have around when you were uh, a fresh, green graduate. Yeah. Because... Because, well, it, it it shows for itself that we've stayed mm-hmm. great pals, and he yeah taught taught me a lot. The thing about someone like you, and, and there are plenty of people like that, is um, he's been around for a while. Mm. He's really experienced. He's really good at what he does, but he's not jaded not at in all. any way, and he's still got this sort of zest for it. Oh, he's excited oh, about it. He's still a he's still a schoolboy essentially. Right. So he's he's having fun yeah. during the day. He loves being in rehearsal. Yeah, he loves thinking about it. He wants to talk about it all the time. Yeah, that's inspiring to me. It is because that's what I'm about. It you is. Know? He was like because you yeah you one minute you're looking at him and you go my and I'm like I'm like ah oh, you can act man mm. and then the next minute you're dicking about. Yeah, and he's giving you shit, and like you yeah. know, funniest guy ever. Absolutely, I got yeah. a lot from him. I always managed to somehow occupy that little space of the guy who gets hilariously bullied. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you're sort of fall guy character. Yeah, absolutely, quite good. absolutely. And you and uh, really pounced on that from day one, mm. and has never let go. And Wonderful. I I love it, but don't tell him. No, no, no. <laughs> well, the trouble is, he does listen to the show. Ah, <laughs> uh, hello. Uh, oh. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Remind me of, uh, you know, Michael Dillon. Yeah. He When he was on the show, he's the first and only person that ever started the show by saying, Hi, everyone. <laughs> and at the end, he went, Okay, love you. Bye. Uh, tell us your name and where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think of uh, Saturday Night Telly. Like, I mm. don't know why we were talking about it last night. Do you know the? Do you ever watch Casualty when you were a kid? Just no. Ah, oh, you know the theme tune, right? Aye. Yeah. We watched Casualty in my house on a Saturday night, and I was actually scared of the theme tune. 
Okay. Like, come on. You know when I was six or seven. Mm. Da, 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 mm-hmm. da, and the ambulance is going through the streets. <laughs> quite menacing. I used to hide behind the couch when casualty wow. came on. And once the theme tune was done, I would crawl out and watch it because I thought it was great. Mm. The only thing I remember having such a visceral, visceral reaction to on TV was the episode of the Teletubbies. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, the same. It's only happened months ago, no. Um, <laughs> where there was a lion. There's a lion in the episode. And I remember it from being such a young kid. And that episode would come on. And honestly, I was I feared for my life. And I would run from the room. Wow. And I was so scared that I remember it now. And I remember how it felt. And nothing, nothing on screen or on stage has ever scared me as much as that. Wow. So you're young enough to remember the Teletubbies, like you oh, watched yeah. the Teletubbies. That was that was my childhood. Wow. I I I may appear an old, decrepit, crusty, soul, curmudgeonly. But no, carry on. <laughs> hideous, <laughs> worn, <laughs> um, but no, still just a young man. Right. Okay. <laughs> just trying to make it in the world. Yeah. Oh, I know you're doing your best. What about the women in black? Have you ever seen that? On I stage? have not. I have not. Talk but, about scary, man. Do you know, I was actually listening to uh, Robbie Jack on here the other day, mm-hmm. and you were talking about the woman in black. Were we? Yeah, it came up. I think I, I repeat myself a lot because <laughs> I forget. <laughs> and I was like, I wanna, I'd love to see that show. Because yeah, I've never seen anything genuinely terrifying on on stage. Like, I think actually Let the Right One In is the closest thing yeah. I can think of to like seeing some horror and being like, oh, wow, how did they cut his neck? That's, that was sick. I like that. I like the magic of theatre mm. where you're not quite sure what's happened. Absolutely. You know it's probably Absolutely. the simplest thing. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're far enough from it, you can't quite yeah. figure it out. And when you're on stage doing it, you're like, well, I know exactly how it right. works. There's That's no not, way this it's is not gonna, cool. Yeah. They're not going to buy that. <laughs> and they do. And they absolutely do. Even yeah. in the likes of Panto, like oh yeah, the simplest little trick or someone flying or something, you're absolutely. Like, oh, magic. And when you do see a little piece that really is like, oh my god, you you remember it, yeah. Like I'm like, how did that happen? And how? I think I also have that feeling of this is why I'm in this game. Yeah, when absolutely. I see something that makes me go ah, oh, absolutely. Like, that's why I'm doing this. I had a couple of those the other night actually watching The Alchemist at the Tron. Yes, being like, hang on. Sometimes, sometimes it's as simple as a quick change gets me going. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? like, yeah, and there's quite a few in that where you're like, "How did? Wait a minute, he was over he there was playing the other there. character. Yeah. She just, she just walked out, and, and yeah. what, what's going on? <laughs> and and when you actually think about it realistically, you go, "Well, of course they're behind there, going yeah. mental." And, and when you them. know, when you've done it, you manage the m- blind panic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they're whipping off three layers and putting on a wig or something. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're doing it, you think, "Oh, what a mess!" And you come back on and go, "No one's going to believe that." Just I'm happened. still at the I breath, just like, feel Ugh. like a disgusting. That yeah. was a disaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but they look obviously perfect. It's mad, isn't it? And then they can act as well. So that's what they've got over you. Yeah, that Definitely. is that's the bonus, and that's really what I'm striving for. Is that one day you'll be able to add acting to, oh. to the list of skills that you've developed in this business oh god you're getting my get my anxieties going right <laughs> we're oh. digging to the heart of it now oh, the issue. do you know the quick change thing like i was i have a moment in every tech where i think i'm never going to be able to do this mm. not just i mean i have a moment in every rehearsal period where in general i think show i won't be able to do this i will show. not be able to do this <laughs> but that's a separate anxiety problem but actually technically in the tech I have a quick change and I'm like, well, this, it's just not possible. They're mm. going to have to change the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then I do it and yeah. I, I fluff it and I do it again. 
And then like three weeks later, you're doing it and you're like, huh, I remember yeah, when I breeze. used to worry about this. This is a breeze, yeah. It's mad, isn't it? There's a few, there has been a few that I genuinely was like, no, that won't happen. And indeed a few that haven't happened. Well, you've always got properly. that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, you come, come on in the wrong trousers or whatever, you know. Yeah. Who really knows? Uh, as long as you come on in trousers. Yeah, it's good to have, well, generally, you're that's, to, yeah. you know, I mean, you know. Everything's everything's uh, acceptable, <laughs> negotiable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> have you ever have you had sort of weird things like that go wrong where you you're in the middle of it and the terror? And... Oh, I, I'm sure I'm sure there'll be a yes, but <laughs> you've been lucky so far. Uh, but nothing that's clearly traumatized me to the point where actually there was a brilliant, funny one. It's not a quite a quick change um, in uh, when we did George's Marvelous Medicine. <laughs> at the rep mm-hmm. and you know the show is about him making medicine and he puts everything into a big pot and that is the whole show mm-hmm. it goes on like that so you had a massive pot and we had this huge pot and it was like had a divider in between so we could put the dry stuff and the wet stuff and you know we'd go around carrying this massive pot and when we weren't george we were george's imaginary friend and we, we double cast it like that me and, mm-hmm. me and me and rebecca and um and one day i was the imaginary morph friend Oh, you did both. You swapped. Yeah, roles we swapped on them days. each each day. Yeah, wow. imaginary more friend, uh, flattering costume. Um, <laughs> Lovely. And I went into the cupboard to get the pot. It's all kicking off, and there was no pot. <laughs> and and that that is the biggest panic that I've ever been in on stage because I because because immediately start going right. Okay, let's troubleshoot this. <laughs> it's like forgetting a line or something. You go, well, I can. I'll make one up. You have or to something. come up with something, don't or you? Or do the classic thing of look at the other person like it's their fault and wait for them to speak. No. <laughs> uh, I'd never do such a thing. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> um, while you desperately rack your brain. Yeah. But I, I thought, and I thought, uh, oh, what do I do here? This whole show is about this pot. The pot's required. Yeah. So I just opened all the other cupboards. Mm-hmm. Until I found a really small saucepan <laughs> <laughs> and really inadequate in every way, yeah. and I just took it out and I just looked at her with sort of like apologetic eyes oh. and went, hey, "There you go. <laughs> use that. Use that egg pan <laughs> for the next hour and a half." And uh, and she looks at me like, "Oh my god!" And then at some point, the magic of theatre some stage manager or something made the actual pot appear. Of course. Yeah. I'm sure they were all panicking a lot more than us backstage going, Where's oh the pot? God, where's the fucking pot? Who didn't present the pot? <laughs> <laughs> Who's getting fired? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, that's the that's the panic stations moment. That that feeling, there's nothing like that feeling. Oh, that isn't. Like what the, like the line feeling where you do just stare at someone and you're not actually trying to, to pass any blame, but it looks like yeah, maybe, you're yeah. going, well, it's your turn to speak. But actually, you're just in blind yeah. terror. And the audience thinking, oh, he's waiting for them to speak. They must have forgotten the line. But no, 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 you are mm. going... Or they haven't noticed. Or they I mean, haven't noticed. Nine times out of ten. Yeah, exactly. It feels like an it's age. it's never that bad. And it's like three yeah, seconds yeah, or absolutely. something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's dramatic pause. Yeah. Dramatic pause. What, but the apologetic eyes are a thing. Where oh. you try and, like, I, I was in a show once and uh, something had gone wrong or... I can't remember what it was. Someone It was, it was during the tech, I think. Someone shouted off stage keep the noise down or something like that and then he had shouted at me mistakenly i hadn't been making any noise i was getting a prop or something and next scene we were in i walked on and he was looking at me in this really strange way oh no <laughs> and, and all through the scene he was doing a separate communication mm-hmm. with his eyes and i'm going what is he doing 
And at the interval, he goes, I was trying to apologize <laughs> for shouting at you. Yeah. You know, you do that yeah. thing, like, I'm really sorry about Like, if this. you're ever late for a queue coming on stage yeah, or something, you... and you know everyone's been waiting for you, and you sort of look around the space, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. just silently apologizing. Oh, jeez, man. There's <laughs> nothing worse than that moment of absolute blind panic. They used to say um, on the on the PA, Mr. Scott, you are off. <laughs> you know, instead of you really? are on. Once you've, once you've then missed the queue. Right. I think that's how it works. They say, Mr. Scott, you're off. So that if wow. you're r- running down the stairs, you realise, oh, it's too late now. Oh, it. my God. Yeah. Which is the other, the flip side of hearing Mr. Scott to the stage, please. Which is in itself Or terrible. not hearing it <laughs> or not being ready for it. Oh, and then running from the dressing room. But it's when, yeah, because we don't normally get calls like that no, routinely. Not these days. These days. <laughs> so when you get that, you go, oh, I've missed something. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And it's usually really quiet because it's someone Mr. at the side, you know, on, Mr. Sullivan's stage, Mr. Sullivan's stage, and you're like, no, no, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the run from the dressing room has actually, touch wood, not happened to me yet. Oh, wow. Um, oh, it will, my boy. Oh, it will. Well, I hope so. That's if people Keep ever give me another you. job because <laughs> they might have found me out now. <laughs> we all think that, don't we? I do still do Con- to this very day. Constantly waiting to be caught out, you know. That's why. That's why I genuinely love every gig mm. because uh, because uh, in a really sort of like depressing but trying to be realistic way, it might be the last one. Yeah. Because maybe not through any fault of your own, but you just that next one might just not come. Well, yeah. Because there's not, enough people who want it. Exactly. Not, not necessarily because you've been found out, yeah. but just because it just <laughs> mm. doesn't. Yeah. But I do still go into everything going, this might be the one where I get found out. Mm. And people think I'm bad enough <laughs> to never want me again. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> We're very hard on ourselves, though, <laughs> we aren't we? are, aren't we? It's no wonder we've all got problems <laughs> in the arts. Speak you for know? yourself. Well. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do when you're in between things, then? Um... Well, plenty of the usual pish, like, you know, working in restaurants and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, honestly, I try to travel when 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 work and pay has allowed. Yeah, yeah. When, you know, if you've been able to save a bit or whatever, try and fill that hole because it's kind of like a similar sort of, I don't know, fulfilling kind of experience. I, I find, know what you mean. Yeah, I've way, started doing the same thing and it, it is amazing. Yeah, I absolutely love it. And then... But yeah, I mean, I don't really like to be bored mm. or unemployed yep. in any form, not like as an actor. So, you know, I'm I'm quite happy to go to a restaurant or whatever. You know, I still have one that when the when the slow periods come, I pop back in and they'll take me back and you know, you you pass the time and you pay the bills that mm-hmm. way. Um, I bet you chat to customers, don't you? Oh my god! I bet you give them all the all chat, the, all the chat, all the nonsense. Uh, yeah, I do. I, I do. Can hear it. it. <laughs> it's the best part of the job. <laughs> yeah, I bet uh, you love it. What restaurant like, is it? There's a Vietnamese restaurant on Sockey Hill Street called Ooh. Non Viet, oh. which is my well, it's my favourite food. Yeah, like cuisine. And you think if you hang about in a Vietnamese restaurant, even if you can't go to Vietnam, the job will come. You may get an yeah, because job. that is yeah. how it works. Fair um, enough. <laughs> But that's my that's my like that's the one I've been flitting in between to, okay. for a while now in between gigs and I like it and it is all it's just all a chat mm-hmm. yeah it's casual lean on the table have a little talk about about the Vietnamese cuisine tell people how to pronounce a few words oh nice um, they think you own the place they do they do I I look like it uh, <laughs> yeah yeah because I am 
you could be. I did actually have a guy once say to me, "So you're not Vietnamese, are you?" <laughs> like, um... <laughs> to which I burst out laughing. <laughs> But he did really mean it. It was a genuine question. I was like, I'm actually, no, I'm actually, I, and then of course I followed it up with like trying to help him out, being like, I've been. Because <laughs> that's the same that's, thing. That's something. I've got Vietnamese was... friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've eaten a lot of the food. I've eaten a lot of pho. <laughs> and let me tell you. Uh... <laughs> that's hilarious. You know when people work in a place and they, they want to seem like they own it, the oh. thing that I've noticed they do is they say, you know, if you say, can I get a macaroni cheese? And they say, we actually don't have any of the macaroni left. I can do it with Penny. I might be able <laughs> to do it. I might be able to do it. Absolutely. Talk about, the, you know, they possess the place. Mm. Like, it's not, you're not doing it, though, are you? My favourite is customers who uh, completely disregard the menu. Oh, yeah. So, you know, you come and you go over and they're like, right, make sure, can I get, like, just like a chow mein? <laughs> just a chicken curry. Like, could you just do just like a chow mein or like a fried rice or something like that? <laughs> like, and you're like, because you've been a waiter for a while and you've heard it every day the first mm. thing that goes into your head is like for the love of god like and you go yeah in your head you go yeah of course i can because the the menu that's just like suggestions just a start that's point. the kind of food we do yeah. feel free to pick something that isn't there from a, another country another uh, yeah tradition. exactly yeah, another yeah. another cuisine entirely <laughs> and you just invent it and i'll go back there and i'll go can you throw together like a duck um <laughs> A duck for chow mein foo young. I mean, <laughs> sounds good. And and then he sort of go. Actually, we've actually just this is this is all we. Do. It's just all of this. It's very specific. It's like specific. Like most restaurants, it's, mm, it's written there. Yeah, yeah. And you pick. Yeah, but I enjoy. I always enjoy that. I always enjoy that. That's the kind of the opposite of. That's the customer thinks they own the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are here to make my food. Just do. So just I'll do choose. That the food <laughs> and then you go away and you go what a knob <laughs> you gotta keep it cool I'll keep it down do the acting do yeah, the yeah, acting yeah. Laurie yeah I never did the whole service industry you thing no, never once I worked Bragging. in offices did temps stuff you know loved all that a lot of people hate it and I think the fact that I think it's kind of like <laughs> it's kind of like performing mm-hmm. so I still find it enjoyable even when I don't necessarily want to be there a bit like the whole lawyering idea exactly it's just it's a bit of a performance yep and inevitably you get that awkward moment where someone goes did i did i see you in (laughs) and it's just the most embarrassing ever i don't know why it's a bit like it's a bit like admitting to being an actor you're like yeah you probably did yeah you find that embarrassing so embarrassing do you not find do you not find like um, I don't know a press night or something? Someone telling you that you or it were good, mm. the hardest thing ever. Oh yeah, I mean I can't bear it. It's like that. That go, thing. Yeah, yeah. I saw you in. And you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I suppose. Yeah, I mean I don't really know what to do with it. Yeah, absolutely. There's and a I, part of me that wants people to love it, and I want people no, to like me. No, that's nice, and it is nice. And when it for, comes, you go. Yeah, Ugh. and it's nice for someone to say like to someone to to bother to acknowledge that you did something mm. and to bring it up with you and then yeah but then you have to then you have to get over that hurdle of being like i also work here yeah and we do not do chow mein we do not do chow mein and before you ask uh let's discuss let's discuss um this this piece of arthur miller why <laughs> take your order <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and um 
But yeah, I heard a story about a, a, a Broadway performer closing on the Saturday night and on the Sunday he or she was in waiting tables. Right, and people exactly. Saying, I saw you. I saw you in Thoroughly Modern Millie the right. last week. And they were like, yep. Right. People, it is, yeah, it's the way it is. I mean, there's, yes, there's, there's that lucky section of people who never have to do that hmm. and just jump from job to job to job. Um, you all know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, for most people, and people don't really necessarily get that that's a thing because they see people on TV and they go, well, they don't work in, they don't work in Nando's, do they? Yeah. But for the rest of most actors, you got you got to do a bit of everything, don't you? Yeah, yeah. You know, can't be too precious. No, well, that's the, that's the thing we have to avoid anyway. Mm. Even even if we don't do a side job or something mm. like that, any kind of preciousness or being absolutely really attached mm. to the outcome in any way mm. is just like going to cause problems. Don't take yourself too seriously. Right, exactly. Because you could do a whole thing that you become very precious about mm. and then someone, the director, could say, actually, that's not really working. Mm. And you, you know, you're in trouble mm. if, you, if you have to hang on to it. Mm. And if you think it's brilliant, inevitably, someone out there is going to hate it. <laughs> yeah, there's And that. if that ruins your life, yeah. you're not going to get very far. <laughs> what about reviews? Do you look at them? Uh, I, don't, I don't read them, mm. but I do think it's almost impossible to not see them. Yeah. Like, especially, I don't know, especially if you're still, I think especially maybe when you're still quite young, there'll always be that person, like that that aunt or that pal from school who'll see a review of something that you're mentioned in yeah. and they'll send it to you and go, have you seen this? Oh yeah, my parents do and it all the time. Go, I, yeah, get away from me. Mm. <laughs> um, but I was actually, you and Donald, who gave me a piece of advice very early on about do not read them because his first experiences as a graduate and reviews were horrific mm-hmm. and he and it was a struggle for him because he thought oh my god i'm dreadful mm-hmm. and of course he's one of the best that there is yeah. around and i and i was like do not ever read them because until i read that someone thinks i'm dreadful i can convince myself i'm not <laughs> yeah and if someone says that you're good that's all f- that's all great that's all fine and well I don't believe that either. Exactly. So exactly. I kind of go, because someone's good is someone else's yeah, shit. So, yeah. Um, they could say the most p- perfect thing about mm, me and I'd say, mm, yeah, mm. but they kind of only said that because, you know, I'll find yeah, a way yeah, out yeah. of it anyway. Or you won't think it was as good as they do. <laughs> yeah, so like, I'm saying, like, idiots. I, I've done that better. Like, <laughs> yeah. Or I could do that better. <laughs> so they obviously don't know what they're <laughs> talking about. So why listen to them? Yeah. I mean, I love reading reviews of other shows. Mm. Not, to in any way influence whether I'm going to see them or not. No, but just same, because it doesn't. it's interesting, and I want to hear about stuff that I necessarily can't necessarily see or go to. And if like it, it's an interesting show or there's people in it that I know, I, I'd like to hear what mm-hmm. and remain a level of detached. Going, what is written here is not necessarily what the show is. Definitely so, not. And I, I've never had an experience where I've read a review and then gone, mm, oh, well, I won't go and see that. Exactly. And sometimes if the review is dreadful, I'll, you want to see it more. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Either to be like, this will be an experience, or to prove it, prove them wrong. Or it might be great. It might be brilliant. Ah, I've seen great stuff and then seen it panned. And Absolutely. Go, oh, well. or, I mean, it is one opinion, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Or, or done awful stuff and, and uh, everyone loves it. Loves it. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. We all know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, listen, that's it. Is it? We ran out of time oh, already. It's flown by. Yeah. What a thanks delight. for doing it. Thanks for having me. What are we going to do now? Um, That's I'm, it. We're done. I'm going to go. I'm going to get some brunch. Oh. Okay. I think. 
Just you, you're not, um, not inviting. I, yeah. I didn't think, I thought maybe you wouldn't be. Uh, you don't eat brunch? Just play the theme music. Okay. Laurie Scott there, bringing us into the, the outro music perfectly. <laughs> so uh, big thanks to him for coming and chatting to me. It's great. Uh, and I've been recording lots recently, so I'm kind of in a flow of, of doing lots of episodes and getting them ready in advance for the Christmas season, you know, so that I can keep them keep them firing out at you and also still have time to do everything that needs to be done. Uh, yes. So if you're not already doing so, please do follow uh, the podcast on Instagram and Twitter, which you'll find at Pit CC Pod, and look on Facebook for putting it together. That's the page over there, and give that a wee follow and share it with people and let people know that you're listening to the show. Um, it's always nice to get new listeners. And the, the crucial thing, if you would like to make a financial contribution to the show, you can do that by going to the show's website, puttingittogethercast.com, and looking for the yellow donate button. And remember, you can do a small amount, like a quid, or you can do three quid or a fiver, and you can do that once. Or you can make a monthly recurring donation. Um, and it might not even make a dent when it leaves your wee bank account, but it might make a massive difference over here at putting it together as it adds up, you know. And it gives me a chance to expand the show and make it a, a bigger operation um, and also update some of the equipment. And I, like I always say, give the guests a richer experience. I'd love to be able to offer them a little bit of a fee for their time because I do believe that we're working here and that I think people should be paid for their work. Um, especially, you know, in this business, we get asked to do a lot of stuff for free. And I really appreciate all the guests coming here off their own bat and doing this for free. But I would love to offer them something, um, some expenses and all the rest of it. So that would all be an ideal situation. Bear that in mind if you're thinking about donating. Remember, you just go to puttingittogethercast.com, click the yellow donate button, which you'll find on the front page, and it takes you to PayPal and that'll guide you through the process. So that is about all from me until next week. So you have a nice week. Stay safe, keep smiling, breathe deep, and thanks very much for listening and being part of this lovely weed journey. So, until next week, cheerio now.